and welcome to About Progress, a podcast devoted to ordinary people who are striving to make realistic improvements in their lives and reach their goals, however big or small. We are building a community of men and women who love to push themselves to overcome obstacles and make something special of their lives, all while maintaining a healthy balance. In short, people who know life is about progress, not perfection. Hello, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us today. May I be selfish and put in a little plug right off the bat? If you like what you heard today, I'd love it if you would stick around. Please subscribe to this podcast so you can listen to more interviews like the one you'll hear today. And if you are a subscriber already, please leave a review for this podcast on iTunes. It just really helps to get this thing out there. Today we are listening to an interview I did with Casey Sogard. She is a beloved blogger and Instagrammer, but she's different. She doesn't keep up with the social media Joneses. She is honest, silly, and genuine. Casey's ability to rise above external pressures largely comes from her lifelong love of softball. She had to face some pretty big decisions early on in her collegiate career, and doing so enabled her to continue to live a life centered on what really matters to her. Casey has battled some postpartum depression and anxiety, but she talks about how she makes the choice every day to look for the good and to help others. There's so much more in this interview, including the hilarious thing that Casey is terrified of. I know you are going to love Casey. So let's get on to the interview. I'm here with Casey. Hi, Casey. Hey, Monica. Thanks for being on the show. I would love for you to give us an introduction. Of course. Um, I am Casey. I'm a wife to a professional baseball player. And I have two kids. Sadie is three. Nick is one. And I write a blog, I Instagram, show people our life, and yeah, I think that's about it. And you're awesome at it, too. I mean, your writing, I love your writing. Your blog is brilliant and real and inspiring and funny. And you're you're so Thank good with you. your kids. You, you have such good taste and, like, all things decorating and fashion. So I'm just going to brag for you since you're not going Monica, to. Monica, you make me feel so awkward. <laughs> I hate talking about myself. I know this is going to be hard for you, but it will be so good for people to know more about who makes you you, you know? So I'm so glad you would do this just so so we can part the curtain a little bit and, and figure out why you're so awesome, even though you think that's awkward for me to say. So It is, but thank you. I'm trying to branch out and good. do things out of my comfort zone. So here I am with you. Okay, and you know, people are going to love you even more for the fact that you don't enjoy talking about yourself. <laughs> oh, well, I hope so. <laughs> so that being said, let's talk more about you. <laughs> <laughs> but but really, let's talk more about you, Casey. <laughs> so I want you to tell us a little bit about your life growing up, because you are such a go-getter. You, I mean, maybe you don't think you are, because you are... Like, you're humble about the talents and gifts that you offer to the world, but I see that in you. You are a go-getter, and I want to know what created that um, drive in you growing up. Well, I grew up, my dad was um, a softball coach, so that kind of took us. We lived in Arizona, where I was born. We moved to New Mexico. We coached softball there, and then 
we moved up to Oregon, which is where he was coaching at University of Oregon. But I think just that um, that like athlete mentality. I grew up playing sports my whole life, and my parents really instilled like a hardworking, um, just a, a good work ethic in me. And you know, we were I was always up at 8 a.m. on Saturday mornings. We were raking the leaves in the yard or pulling the weeds or helping a neighbor or whatever it was. But my dad always had me working and, and doing, just doing stuff all the time. So I think that's, that's where I get it from, from him and from my mom. You mentioned having, um, growing up with sports and how that gave you an athlete mentality. I want to hear a little more about softball. What was that involvement like for you? What did you do with softball? Well, I played my whole life, basically. I grew up on a softball field when my dad was coaching, and then um, I just, I always loved it. So I went off after high school, and I went to Arizona State, and I had a really hard freshman year, and Mm -hmm. I got sick. Um, I was, like, in the hospital with pneumonia, like, very, very sick, um, like, dislocated fingers, and just... Many, many, like many things went wrong that year, mm-hmm. and I, I really just hated that year. It was like an mm-hmm. awful year for me. Like everything that could have gone wrong did. I met Eric that year, so I guess I shouldn't mm-hmm. say everything. But yeah. pretty everything much else. everything softball wise went like terrible, and mm-hmm. I ended up. I I didn't go back. I didn't like it. I wasn't enjoying playing anymore, mm-hmm. and so that was a hard decision for me. It was really hard. But I think ultimately I did I did what was best for me at the time, and I ended up going and playing softball again at a different school a year later and um, was a lot more low-key, and I, I really found my love for it again. So hmm. I think that was a good move for me. Hmm. There's more about that. I want to know that, that window between the two places. What is it that helped you reclaim that love of softball? Let's see. I I kind of just, I took a year off and was just kind of, I don't know, maybe just finding myself, I guess. I was, how old was I? Maybe 19, mm-hmm. 20. And, you know, when you're 19 or 20, you don't, you don't really know what you want, where you're going. Um, but I knew that softball would give me something to do. So mm-hmm. I went back and played again. I was doing 6 a.m. workouts again, five days a week, working mm-hmm. out. Yeah, forced me to go back to school and just, um, you know, do well in school and focus on that while I played. And I just kind of got back into the routine and working out and the things that that I know would keep me kind of on the right path to, to graduating, to moving further in whatever I wanted to do in my life. And mm-hmm. Sports kind of just does that for you, you know? Mm-hmm. What position did you play? I played second base. So athletes can be so hard on themselves. What did that look like for you, though, while, while you were growing up and then into your college career with softball? How were you able to work through how athletes are just so nitpicky with themselves and their performance? Yeah, I mean, I think especially for me, having grown up with my dad coaching softball my whole life and his whole life, that I definitely felt a lot of pressure mm-hmm. to, to 
to be good and to to play well and perform and um I think in the end that when I left Arizona State, I think that was one one of the things that was the hardest. You know, my dad my dad had a very successful coaching career and he was never pre- he never pressured me, which mm-hmm. I'm so grateful for and so blessed for him to not do that. I think he saw a lot of parents doing that to their kids that he was coaching, mm-hmm. so he was very particular and um made sure that if I wanted to play, then I wanted to play. If I didn't want to play, I didn't want to play. But, you know, that's just, that's your parents and you don't want to let them down or make them, you know, feel bad or anything like that. But that was one of the hardest things for me. And just not only that, but everyone else around me, you know, everyone expects, you're a good athlete. Everyone expects you to do great things. And then when I just didn't want to play anymore, it was a hard, hard decision, but, um, I'm just glad that I like was able to do what I wanted to do ultimately. That shows a lot of strength too to do that, you know, to, to withstand Mm -hmm. all that, that pressure to make the decision that was right for you in that moment. Right. What habits did softball instill in you growing up that were positive, that did help you gain that strong perspective of what matters to you and how to stick with it? Gosh, I can think of a million attributes that I have gained from playing sports, but um, not that I'm all great at them. But I I think a lot of it has to do with good teamwork, um, just communication skills, being able to work with other people, um, just hard work in general, knowing that you're not going to, something's not just going to be given to you that you need to practice and learn and always work at what you're doing. I think, I think that working at anything in life, you have to work for everything. It's nothing's going to come easy for you. And I mean, maybe some things do for some people, but um, ultimately, you know, you have to work hard to, to get better at anything really. Mm-hmm. Hmm. How did you decide what your path would look like with your with your talent with the softball following your college years? What did that process look like for you? I really had no idea. Mm-hmm. I honestly truly had zero idea. Um, softball is obviously not something that you really go on and do professionally, and I definitely didn't want to, even if that was an option. But Why is that not an option? I, Can you educate, educate me on it it just like professional softball is it's not very big at all hmm. so it's just a very very small portion it's not anything like major league baseball where you know it's this big grand thing but it's it's just not very big but that's that is surprising to me though i didn't know that it wasn't as widespread as maybe the wnba is no it's definitely not Mm-mm. well that's too bad so because you knew that wasn't a, a good potential future, like a, a, a knowable future for you, what what did that decision go like for you? I think after college. So I met Eric in 2007, my freshman year of college, 2006, 2007. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I I think that growing up, I've always, this is going to sound like kind of cliche and silly, but I always just wanted to be a mom. And, I love that. 
we weren't married or anything yet, but I knew that we were going to be together and we got engaged and eventually got married. And that's just, I mean, it, it sounds kind of silly, I, but I just wanted to be a mom. And I, while Eric was playing in the minor leagues, we were just dirt poor and had no money and just trying to make it by. And I was working as a server or waitress. And mm-hmm. at Chili's and at a sushi bar and yeah. <laughs> just trying to make money so that I could fly out to visit him. And oh. I think just that's, I was just kind of going with it. I didn't want to make any like serious decisions or plans. And um, I think that's just kind of how my personality is. I like to just kind of go with the flow and like, See where things take me and what happens and enjoy it as I'm on the ride. Mm-hmm. So eventually it worked out and now I am a mom and mm-hmm. he's a major league baseball player, followed his dreams and um, yeah, I just feel really blessed. And how long have you two been married? We've been married five years. That's great. It's fun to hear about these two sides of you, though, the the determined athlete and then the chill go with the flow. Right. How did you get yeah, both of those? Yeah, they seem kind of opposite. No, I love I that. I know. I don't know. Is it like one balances out the other? Yeah, I think so. I, there's like a total, like, there's a total OCD, like, very particular side about me, mm-hmm. and then there's a very like just go with it let it go however it goes kind of side too mm-hmm. so i i don't know i i think they just i kind of they balance each other out i guess yeah well what would you say the driven side is directed to now once you've moved on from softball what has that side pursued hmm that's a good question I don't, you know, there isn't anything huge. I mean, obviously, I love to do my blog, and um, I love to just take pictures and share our life and all of that, but I think that my my goals are kind of always changing. I think that mostly for me is that I never want to be stagnant. I just want to always be learning and growing, and I like, I'm like, the the jack of all trades but like master of nothing like I like to just kind of do everything and like Mm. oh like oh I want to learn this so I'm just gonna try it and if I love it then I love it and if I don't then I'll just try something else like (laughs) I'm just totally like kind of all over the place but I kind of like it that way I can so relate to that. I know so many other people will who are listening too. And that's why I wanted to interview you. I think you have so many talents and you do have ambition at, for sure, but you just have this like center about you that I think people need to to learn from. Um I want to go back a little bit to those early years of in Eric's career. Um you just mentioned how, you know, there's some tough times alone with the distance and and the financial dif- um, difficulties that you faced. And I wanted to know what are some of the lessons you two gleaned together from those early years together? Oh, man. Um, I think just a lot of, well, for one, hard work. Like, I've, I know a lot, everyone works hard in their jobs and, um, I just saw that firsthand with Eric. I mean, he never gave up on his dreams and worked hard. And um, 
also I think that seeing the humble, um, grateful person that he is really, really stood out to me um, hmm. in the way that he was able to accomplish his his goals and his dreams and his aspirations. He did it in the most amazing way, being able to stay humble through all of that. And for us as a couple, I think being just being together and relying on each other for everything. We're we're like, I can't go like a day without him. I'm like really crazy. <laughs> if he's like gone on the road, I'm like texting him like every five minutes, like, where are you? Come home. <laughs> like I'm like that like 15 year old teenager that's like still like puppy love with her husband. But Aww. I think we just, we're just, he's just my best friend, so everything, like, just talking to each other, communication, and spending quality time, and just being able to, like, learn each other in and out, that helped us so much, especially being apart in those mm. early years. Yeah. I mean, because communication is key through that, that long distance, right? And right, All yeah. the stress is yeah, there. Yeah, it was hard. It sounds mm-hmm. like a lot of roller coaster rides as a as an athlete who was going up the path towards being a professional athlete. Right. It was, yeah, it definitely was, was hard. And, you know, you're, you're like newlyweds or newly engaged and they're working towards their goals and you don't want to be in the way, but also you're a couple. So you have to like find that happy medium of, Hmm. you know, figuring each other out and how that's going to work. Yeah, and I can vouch firsthand that you really do have such a beautiful relationship. I love how you guys interact together, and it was fun to be able to see that firsthand. Um, I'd like to talk more about your more recent ventures. You talked about your blog and your Instagram account. First, I think we have to point out that these take so much more time than I think people realize. <laughs> So yeah. much work. Can can you kind of part the curtain a little bit and tell us about the work that goes into those? It's a lot of work. You're so right. And I think that's something like me, myself, I had no idea what I was getting into. And mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people know what they're getting into. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's a lot of time. I mean, this sounds so silly, but Instagram alone is a lot of time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just to, like, put together good pictures and I don't know. I I don't know if, like, most people know how bloggers work or Instagram like that. But most of the time I try try to take most of my pictures on my camera. And then you upload them and you edit and then you put them on Instagram. And Mm -hmm. then you share on your blog and you schedule out all your blog posts. Or if you're working with companies, you... You have a whole schedule of when you're posting on Instagram and when your blog is going live and making sure that posts are written and scheduled and all of that. It's a lot of work. It really is. I'm really glad you talked about it because I think it, because it's a visual medium, a lot of times, you know, there's also the, you you read too, but there's still a lot of visual that goes with all of that. It just, Mm -hmm. people can glance through what you've done. You've spent so much time on fairly quickly, you know, even if they read something, it's still a lot faster to read something than the hours it took for you to write that. Yeah, exactly. What would you say your focus is for these platforms? 
I think I just, well, I think going into into my blog and when I started writing and then into my Instagram when I was starting to be really deliberate about how I posted or what I posted, I think what I said to myself was like, even if nobody else wants to read this and nobody wants to look at my photos, like this is going to be a great place for me to like go back and like see all the things that I've done or mm-hmm. that my family has done. Um, I, you can like get caught up in numbers so easy, mm-hmm. like especially on Instagram. It's so easy. Oh, how many followers does this person have? How many followers do I have? Oh no, I lost a follower. Like, it's just kind of crazy. So I've I've set, like, good rules with myself, like, knowing, like, okay, if no one reads it, that's fine, whatever. But I can go back and, like, look at these cute pictures of my kids or, like, see the fun places that we went or this outfit that I wore that I really liked and I felt good in. Like, you know, I think it was just important for me to know that that was a space for me and then it would just be a bonus if everyone else wanted to read them all. So would you say they just, this, the goal was to just reflect your life and the things that you love? Yeah, totally, totally. I just wanted to be myself and be real and just share, share anything. I don't know. I think maybe it's my like about section on my blog or whatever, but mm-hmm. I just want to like write the things that make me happy and that things that I enjoy or things that I love, like mm-hmm. whether it's an outfit that I like or something my kids did or a product that I came across that I really love. Like, I just want that to be like a real genuine, true space Hmm. of things about me, I guess. And it, and it is real. When, when I read what you've written and when I look at your Instagram posts, I feel like happy. I don't feel sad. Like I'm comparing myself to some unattainable person because you really, you 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 do make it deliberate and that there's a purpose behind what you're doing it's not a hey look at me kind of instagram account or blog it's it's really great that way casey and it's really unique well i really appreciate that that really honestly means a lot to me i i really like you said it's really easy to get caught up in comparing yourselves to everyone else especially Mm -hmm. in those little squares where it's so easy to just post perfect beautiful things all day long like look at everything that's so great but and of course you don't ever want to be like this was terrible like look Mm. at this ugly picture of me (laughs) nobody wants to do that but at the same time I think it's it's refreshing to be able to like share like oh I'm getting a carpet cleaner because my daughter peed on my rug. Like, <laughs> I'm going to tell that. everyone about it because this happened. <laughs> like, and it's I know other people can relate to it. Like, yes. It's not just me that this is happening <laughs> to. So maybe, like, someone else can laugh about it because their kid did it too. You know, I don't know. I just think it's, it's refreshing to share everything. <laughs> I, I really love that. And you're funny. You are so funny. Especially your Insta stories are hilarious. So, um, oh, they're like so out of control. I go back and I like watch them occasionally, and I'm like, oh my gosh, did I really say that? Or like, <laughs> did I really look like that? Like I'm crazy. <laughs> no, it's so great. Don't stop, and especially your target <laughs> aisle um, shenanigans. <laughs> 
Everyone really seems to like those ones for some reason. Because you're so Eric brave. Has, oh, Eric's like pretty much given up on being embarrassed because he knows <laughs> I'm just going to do like ridiculous things anyway. So he's just like, oh, yep, there's my wife doing <laughs> crazy things again. I love it. Um, oh, man. I want to talk about your writing a little bit more. You are such a good writer, and I didn't know if this was something that you had always had in yourself. Were you always a writer? I I mean, I don't know that I would consider myself a writer, but I've always loved to write. That's like the one in school. I was horrible at math. I was horrible at science, but assigned me a 10-page paper, and I am I was so happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always loved writing. My major in college was communication. Um, mm-hmm. I just, that's been one thing that I always have loved, and I think that after college and after becoming a mom, I, I realized that was one, like my blog was a great outlet for me to be able to write about, you know, things that are still relevant in my life, like about my kids or whatever it is, but still be able to, like, get my voice out and mm-hmm. and write. It's, it's almost, like, therapeutic, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's a release, it sounds like. Yeah, totally. What do you hope people who are following your social media and your, and your blog, what do you hope they get from it? I... I hope that, I mean, kind of just like we were talking about, I hope that they see me as someone that's real and not this crazy, perfect Instagram family or Instagram person Mm -hmm. that they can really relate and, like, feel open to share things back with me if I share things. Or, you know, I posted a few weeks ago, um, my little guy Nick had, surgery Mm -hmm. and I posted about it and it was the first time I didn't intentionally not post about it before but it just was really never something that I needed I felt like I wanted to write about Mm -hmm. but I posted about it as he was going into surgery hoping you know maybe people will say extra prayers for us or just keep us in their thoughts or whatever it may be Mm -hmm. and I had I had about three or four other people um, message me on Instagram saying oh my kid has the same problem Wow. And they, and I had, I had only ever known one other person that had the same issue as him. And it was an Instagram friend that I had seen posted it before. And so, so after crazy. these like three or four people messaged me, I was like, this is crazy. Like mm-hmm. these people, I just felt so grateful mm-hmm. that I was able to like share something that they could relate to me in a, in a way that not anyone else could, you know, could relate to them. It's just refreshing to know that there's real people behind these pictures and there's real people behind the screens that are sharing these stories or you know making friendships even which I think is really cool yeah real friendships can really come from this you know real things that help us all Mm -hmm. how how is Nick's doing can you give us a little update on him oh he is he's so good he like so he had um just kidney reflux. I won't even bother to explain it, but they went in, they cut his bladder open, Hmm. like fixed some things in there. So he has like a scar that almost looks like a C-section scar. And I mean, most people, I would, I would think like he would be out for a few weeks. Like he's going to be in pain for a while. Like 
It was probably a week, maybe a week and a half later, and he's just up running around, like, running around the house like his normal self. Like, he just bounced right back. So it was it was really great. He's doing so good. I'm really glad to hear that. He is the cutest little guy. Oh, my gosh. He's so, so crazy. Is he, is he getting to that crazy phase? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like... He, yeah, he's real crazy. He's, like, half me, half Eric. Like, Eric is so, like, shy and timid and, like, calm. And then Nyx is, like, very much like that, but he's super adventurous. So he just mm. wants to, like, climb on things and jump off things. And I I, don't, I love it about him, but yeah. he's definitely crazy. Yeah, I can relate. <laughs> I have a boy like that, too. So, so when you started your blog and Instagram account, did you have an end goal in mind? No, definitely not. Really? No, not at all. I'm, I'm like, I don't know. I think I always think I need to be better about making goals. Like Eric and I will sit down at the beginning of the year and we'll write down, you know, our goals that we want to have for our family or our, our goals as a husband and wife. But I'm I'm terrible at making goals. Like, I'm so bad at it. I know these people that write down, like, their long-term goals and their short-term goals and goals for the week and goals for the day. And I'm like, um, I just want to, like, work with some cool companies and, like, share some cool stuff. I don't know. I'm so bad about it. But I, I definitely had, like, zero long-term goals when it came to like starting my blog I don't think that's bad no I don't I think that's actually better (laughs) okay because what you start you started with the right foundation you you knew what you wanted it to mean you knew the you knew the purpose and I think that's better I really do I think that I put too much pressure on myself if I start Mm -hmm. making these goals like I want to work out every day for the next two weeks. And then it's like day two and I haven't worked out. And then I'm like, (laughs) bummer. Like, I guess I'm just blown for the two weeks. I might as well go eat some more ice cream. Like, I don't know. I think I just, I I put too much pressure on myself when I do that. So I just kind of go with it. I mean, obviously, like, if I have deadlines, I need to do, get stuff done. I do it. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think, like. I don't know, making, you know, I need 20,000 Instagram followers by next December. Like, I just, it throws me off. I can't mm-hmm. do it. Hmm. So I will, I want to tie that into what I like to talk about on the on the show is just the balance between working on yourself and, and reaching towards improving your life, but also being balanced, but what comes in play a lot is perfectionism. So what is that like for you? Is that something that you struggle with or ever did in the past? Just like that hard bent, like OCD, self-punishing, perfectionist, you know, um, driven mind. Yeah, totally. I, like I said, I'm like, I have this side of me that's super OCD. And then I have a side that's very, very like not OCD, but when it comes to, like, work or things that, like, I'm where I'm putting myself out there, I totally, I feel like I put a lot of pressure on myself, you know. Mm-hmm. One thing that comes to mind when you ask that is I love photography. Like, I love to take mm-hmm. pictures. I love to, like, 
grow and like I've been trying to find my style and like what suits me best and and it's always changing but I when I first started I was dead set on like starting a photography business like I really was like I love photography like why don't I just do this like as a job like I love to do it I might as well just do it so I, I did like some maternity photos for friends and like family photos and I I helped like I was an assistant at a couple of weddings to see if that was something I wanted to do and I realized that I I was getting the worst anxiety because mm. I was freaking out whether or not these people were going to like my pictures. Yeah. And it stressed me out so much that I just I gave up on it and I quit. I was like I cannot do this as a job. Like mm-hmm. what if I take all these pictures, they hate them. Like and then what do I do? Or what if I go to this wedding, I don't get a picture of their first kiss, and then they're mad mm. about it because I didn't do this right. Mm. Like It just it stressed me out. I had the worst anxiety over it. So I was just like, nope, done, over it. So then I just stopped. And now I do it for myself, and I love it. And I have so much fun taking pictures of my kids or whoever else, whatever I want to do. But it, it doesn't stress me out. So total perfectionism at its finest and total OCD but I figured out what you know I didn't need to do that so now I'm happy with where I am well I love that you pushed against that in your own way you know you just said you're still progressing in your skills as a photographer you're still doing it and your your photos are beautiful but you prioritized well, thank you. yeah well you prioritized though what was ultimately going to enable you to keep progressing in it and you know feeling that pressure almost seemed like it was stopping your progress there right totally yeah it was totally holding me back I was I was never comfortable behind the camera when I was there because I was stressing out about things and making sure things were perfect and they were never going to be perfect but I'm just yeah it was it was definitely something I had to figure out on my own so that was great so I feel like the key word there is to prioritize, you know, prioritize what really is. Mm-hmm. So so how do you do that? How do you prioritize what is going to still help you? You've talked about how you don't like to be stagnant. So what's how, what do you do to prioritize a way to continue to progress but but not be so pressured? Um, I think it all just kind of comes back to – to like having fun and enjoying what you're doing. If something is stressful for me or um, I'm having like anxiety over it or, or just stressing me out, I just think about, you know, is this, is this important to, is it more important for me to be stressed out about it? Or if I don't do this, is it going to be okay? Or, you know, is my life going to be all right? And for me, that's just kind of trying like everything. Like I said before, I just want to try and I want to learn everything. And if I'm really good at it, then that's great. I'll just keep doing it. Or if I'm really bad at it and it makes me upset or stresses me out, then I just, I just won't do it. But I think you have to be having fun and trying to enjoy yourself while you're learning about that stuff, you know. When I listen to you talk about that, it makes me think that your ability to prioritize now goes back to your roots of back when you were 19 years old and you decided to 
push back against the internal and external pressures you had in softball and decide what was best for you was to take a break. And I don't know, it almost seems like that time showed you that it's not going to kill you to to take a step back with things or to decide, um, maybe this isn't for me. And that seems like a really good lesson to help pave that way for you now. It totally is. I, I think about it all the time because I get, honestly, people ask me all the time, like, well, why did you leave ASU? Because I left Arizona State the next year, their softball team won the World Series. Hmm. So they were the best, the best softball team in the nation. And so yeah. everyone asked, well, you could have been on that team. You could have been a champion, a, like national champion. And there's not one part of me that regrets my decision. And there's not one part of me that thinks, oh, man, like I could have. Like to me, honestly, that really doesn't mean anything. I, I was so like sure about my decision. It was hard, mm. but I was sure that it was the right thing for me. Oh, that's so great. Casey, you really do amaze me. That's incredible. Because I feel like if I, even if I talk the talk about this stuff, that would be something that I would have to continually like circle back to, like explaining to myself right. why. No, no, this is why. Okay, you're okay. No, wait, I'm not okay. So good yeah. for you. Well, thank you. That ties into what I would also like to talk to you about is your happy nature. You always seem to be laughing or being silly with your kids and trying to bring light to others' days. And I wanted to know where that came from. Does that come naturally to you? I'm, I guess. I, I have, like, awesome parents. Like, my parents are so fun. Growing up, we just had – my parents were always taking me and my sisters out on adventures we were always camping or doing crazy things and um I get a lot of that from them but I I think it's something that comes naturally too I just I like to I don't like to be like the center of attention like I don't like to like this makes me uncomfortable talking about Mm -hmm. myself Mm -hmm. but I I love to like be enjoying any situation that I'm in and obviously that's not always easy and there's always hard times but um if you're i think if you're like having fun and what you're doing you know it just makes life way better than being miserable or sad all the time I yeah. well it seems like it's a deliberate choice you're making every day i mean it might be part of um the root of who you are but but it seems like it's also a decision you make every day yeah, and after I had Nick, well, he's he's 15 months now, but I I have dealt with on and off postpartum depression with him, and it totally like rocks my world because, mm. like you said, like I just love to be happy and have fun. So when that was something that I just physically, and it, it's not all the time, or like it sure. wasn't anything sure. super crazy that I dealt with, but or I'm dealing with, but. It's just, it was definitely a shocker because I love to be having fun and being silly and doing silly things with my family and my husband. But when you physically just can't get yourself to do that at times, it's really frustrating. And so it's definitely a choice that you have to make, I think. 
And I mean, I'm sure there are some people that it just comes naturally and they're happy all the time. My sister-in-law, for example, is someone that I really admire in that aspect. She's always positive and happy and having fun and just someone great to be around. So it definitely was something hard for me. But mm-hmm. um, like you said, it's definitely a choice. It's a choice that you can make every day or, uh, you know, multiple times throughout the day if you have kids and Mm -hmm. you're having a hard day you just have to be like okay this is what I'm gonna do I'm gonna be happy and we're gonna make light of this situation or whatever it may be but um yeah you I think it's it's a choice that you can make every day too and you know even when I mean you can't necessarily choose to suddenly be better but I think that what you're saying too there is a choice even on those really hard days to still try to look for the good or still still try to find reasons to hope or laugh or be silly even if there are days where you can't just snap your fingers and be better right yeah definitely it's it's always always a decision you can make even on those hard days and um I one thing that I like to live by in my life, I don't want this to be like tooting my own horn or anything at all, but whenever I'm feeling down, I I like to do something for someone else. And that always makes me feel better. Like 99.9% of the time, it always makes me feel better, whether it's just um, something for my husband or feeding a homeless man on the street or whatever it is. And again, I don't want to, I don't want that to sound like I'm tooting my own horn, but hopefully if someone's struggling or you can, you can adopt that um, little motto into your life. You know that you already answered the question. I was just going to ask you what, what has helped you as you work through those hard days? Is is there anything else you can think of that has helped you through these, these uh, bouts with that for the past 15 months? Um, well, aside from doing things for others, I think just, just trying to remember how good my life really is. I have nothing to be sad about. I have nothing to be like upset about. I'm very, very lucky. I just feel very blessed. And um, I, I always just try to think that there's someone, someone out there with less than you have mm-hmm. that's happier than you. So there's always something to be, to be happy about. Well, I think that goes back to you saying there's a choice. So even on those really hard days, there's a choice to look outwardly and there's a choice to count your blessings. So even if right. it doesn't fix it, it will, it, it sure won't make it worse. That's, that's for yes, certain. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It can't be any worse. So just go with it. I think that's right. You are a woman of so many hats, and I wanted to know if you have ever failed in reaching your goals or had to drastically change them. Oh, man. Um, I think my goals are, well, like I said, I never really, like, set these crazy goals for myself. I, The only goals that I really set for myself are I just, like, if things are going not the way I feel like they should be, like maybe I feel like I should be on my phone less or Mm -hmm. whatever it is. I just set these small goals. Like I need to spend, I'm going to do one hour of no phone at all with my kids every day. Mm -hmm. And it seems like nothing, but when you sit down for that hour, it seems like a long time. And 
you know, you really get a lot out of it, but I, I just, I'm trying to think of anything specific. My goals are always changing, so hmm. I don't like to be, like, too deep into one thing. I just like to be knee-deep in everything, if that makes sense. Oh, no, that totally makes sense to me. I, <sighs> I really am similar to you in that way. And I think also sometimes you just go through phases of your life where it's better to not put so much pressure on yourself to work towards really concrete, long-term goals. Sometimes it, I mean, a lot, I think maybe even most often it's better to just take one day at a time and just make those smaller goals, even an hour by hour kind of thing. Yeah. And that's how I feel. I feel like I'm, I don't want to say that I feel like I'm failing all the time, but I feel like I'm not at my full potential all the time. So I'm, I'm always having to work harder to do, to do those things, to play with my kids more, to be a better wife to Eric, to write more on my blog, to post more on Instagram, whatever it is. I feel like I'm, I'm never great. Like I'm never the best that I can be, which is how I want to be though. I never want to feel like okay, I've made it to the top and this is it. Like, I always want to be growing and pushing myself, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, what else are you working on? What else are you trying to learn about and and grow in? Well, my my next adventure right now is I've always wanted to write a children's book. Oh, wow. And... So I have written one, and I'm I'm trying to figure out if um, getting it published is going to be something that is possible for me. That is a huge thing to figure out, right? That seems so overwhelming. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Especially if you have no idea what you're doing mm-hmm. like I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's um, I kind of feel like a computer nerd that's trying to, like, figure – something out by just googling it because uh-huh. that's basically what I'm doing so we'll see how this goes and if it goes then I'm I will be so excited about it yeah. and if it doesn't then I will just print one out for my kids of my book that I wrote and put it in our library <laughs> there's gotta be a way I'm, I I will I will look into it. I am going to research for you, Casey, because we need this book. That's incredible. I love you for that, Monica. So do you... Well, thank you. Are you illustrating it yourself? Is that part of the process? Oh, my gosh. No, 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 no. You could do it with your photos. I would probably never sell one book if I illustrated it myself. (laughs) Okay. So that's part of the process, huh? Yeah, that's part of the process, but um, I have a few leads, so that's great. slowly but surely, I think things will hopefully work out in the end, but and yeah, you've already it's not written as it? fine, and yeah, yeah, I've written it. That is so cool. Okay, I'm really yeah, excited it's, about that. <laughs> it's always been a dream of mine. I don't, I've, I mean, obviously I love writing, but mm-hmm. I've always wanted to write a children's book, and one night, this is literally the story. So you'll be the first to like hear this story okay. when after my book goes like on New York Times yeah. bestseller oh, list it will. or whatever. 
<laughs> it totally will, though. Uh, no, that's just a total joke. Okay, I so I was just sleeping one night, and I, like, woke up. This is so, like, cliche. I just woke up, and, like, the title of this book came to my head, and I grabbed my phone, and I, like, went to the notes section, and I just, like, started writing this book that it was just, like, oh, flowing cool. into my head. And then the next morning I, like, woke up and was like, did I actually do that? Or was that a dream? Like, I really yeah. wasn't sure. Yeah. <laughs> I got my phone out. I'm like, oh, I really did do that. So I, like, just kept writing and it finally came together. That is so cool. It's crazy. It's so funny, but... I'm excited to see where it goes. It'll be fun. Well, I'm looking forward to that. I really am. And I and I can see you absolutely publishing that. And once you do, we'll have to have you back on even just for a little segment to share more about it. That would be fun. I would love that. Thank you. So, Casey, I have two more questions for you. And one yeah. is, what would someone be surprised to learn about you? Gosh, what is what do people not know about me? I mean, I could just like throw a list of like random things. I, I hate cooking. I love eating. Uh I love baking, but I can't bake in my house because my husband won't eat it. And I'm the only one that will eat it. Um, I like peanut butter and pickle sandwiches. What? Yeah, I'm deathly afraid of cotton balls. What? Like, like, okay, the thought, like, saying saying the words out loud is, like, making me cringe. Like, I have goosebumps it's like right a, now is on my arm. Is it, like, a texture arm. thing? Yeah, like, the texture, the sound, like, thinking about them. Whoa, I haven't heard of that one. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> one time I was watching Maury and... <laughs> yes. um. Someone else was afraid of cotton balls yeah. and brought out this big man that was covered oh. in cotton balls and she was freaking out and I had a lot of sympathy for her because oh, I was me. crying. <laughs> but out of fear. Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That is so good. <laughs> um, if that's not like internet gold for that you, I don't know what that is. Oh yeah, I'm gonna make that the oh, the hook. Oh my god! I, yeah, <laughs> so good. Best of cotton balls, write the blog. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, that is so good. Oh, have I heard of that beer? I, mean, I believe you though. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's Once I'm real. About it's that, legitimate. Like, I see it? Yeah. <laughs> Probably oh the only gosh. thing worse I... is moist cotton balls. Oh, I know people gosh. hate that word, Don't so even. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, and they're everywhere. You wouldn't believe, yeah. like, the amount of places that they are. <laughs> I'm, like, trying to think. I mean, besides stores, um, every bathroom like, you go into some... with friends. Well, like, get some, like, vitamins, and they're in every bottle. Oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Medicine, like, when you get a pedicure and they're wiping your nail polish Ooh. off, cotton balls, they're everywhere. Okay. <laughs> Didn't realize that, and you're right. They yep. absolutely yep. are. They're all over the place. 
The, the last question I have for you is what have you learned about yourself the past 10 years? 10 years is a long time. It is. It can be shorter the last couple of years. Um, I think that I've learned that I'm a lot stronger and more independent than I think I am. Mm-hmm. I, I said before, like, Eric and I are best friends, and I, like, I'm attached to his hip, and he can't get rid of me ever if he tried, <laughs> but I'm, like, so dependent on him, but I'm, I'm so independent, like, in other ways, like, I don't, I don't really like to say it out loud a lot, but I feel like I'm such a good mom, like, it kind of feels good, actually, to say it out loud, but I feel like I'm a really good mom, and I think just because of Eric's schedule, like, him being gone so much and um, on the road all the time that I've come to, like, realize how independent and how strong I really am without mm-hmm. him or without anyone else. I just, I just feel like really strong. Does that make sense? Oh, it absolutely does. Casey, that's wonderful. And I just hope that's what people who are listening can figure that out for themselves too. You know, just figure out what are you good at? What are your strengths? And, and, and don't hold that back, you know, and right. I love that you said that. So thank you very much for, for talking with me and, and for doing this. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Casey, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing what makes you tick. I love your bright spirit and your realness. I had to pause partway through the interview just to unhinge my jaw from laughing and smiling so much. So I just really had a fun time with this interview. I'd love to hear what you got out of today's podcast or to see what you're up to while listening. You can tag your social media posts with the hashtag about progress podcast, direct message me or just tell me in person like my friend Heather Fujikawa, who told me she listens to these podcasts while nursing her twin babies. Heather was actually my very first interview. So check out my archives to see what she had to say about her battle with infertility. I have a link to more podcast episodes in the show notes. I would love to highlight more of you and what you are doing to face big and small fears. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I've included links in the show notes for you to learn more about my Do Something series, and it's short for Do Something That Scares You. I don't have a highlight today for you, but I'm hoping to have one next week. So I've included ways for you to contact me with your own Do Something or to even nominate someone else. You can find me at About Progress almost everywhere on social media. And I've included links to those in my show notes as well if you'd like to learn more about me. Thank you again for being here, for sharing this podcast with others, for subscribing and leaving reviews on iTunes. If you love what you hear, please share it. Next Wednesday, I will have an interview with Ann Cropper. I hope you listen in and until then, take care of yourself.